When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Come on. Welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing. And we're going to get into another version here of Tale of the Tape as we line up the Vikings compared to other NFC contenders and maybe even some AFC contenders, depending on how far we think they can go. But a quick thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company for over 100 years. They've been helping business owners in the Twin Cities. Frontline protection and peace of mind are the two main things you get when you partner with Federated. And Federated has been helping businesses through this pandemic, the probably the weirdest, craziest four months, especially if, if you're a business owner and things are not about to just clear up in the next week or so. Uh, so make sure you got that frontline protection that Federated offers at federatedinsurance.com. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. And gentlemen, today's episode is all about the Vikings versus the team that drubbed them in the playoffs and sent them home last year, the San Francisco 49ers. So here's how this works. We go through tail of the tape and we measure quarterback, coach, total offense, total defense, and total team. And we'll go around the horn here. Let's let's start Judd Zolgad with quarterbacks, tail of the tape, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and we're, we're not talking yep. like this isn't the Kirk or blank exercise where we go through mm. contracts and stuff. This is just taking just straight up the quarterback. To, 2020 straight up, which quarterback do you like? Garoppolo's 28, Kirk is 31. Garoppolo's made 26 career starts. Kirk, who, again, to go back to what we always say, we feel like we know who Kirk Cousins is, has made 88 career starts. Uh, I did some digging on Garoppolo. Because I think there's a lot of people that see deficiencies there or definitely see a quarterback who is not completely matured. And the latter is probably Drew Filmaki. But very handsome. Uh, he is very good looking. He's all right. Oh, he's good looking. Whoa, no. just all right? Dude, all right. he is the best looking quarterback in the National Football League. Cliff Kingsbury all right. is the best looking I saw looking the police coach. officer. I'm, I, I'm slowing down. I'm slowing down. I'm just slowing all right? Down. Yeah. You, you're talking about two guys comfortable with who they are in the studio. Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of sports all my glasses. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. We'll let you out for the warning there, okay? But okay. Uh, just understand that a couple of a couple of blue blood straight males like Judd and I can sure. acknowledge if Jimmy Garoppolo Married, came knocking, happy. okay? He's on my he's on my uh, oh, exemption right. list. Kingsbury, Garoppolo. I mean, this is not hard. Kirk Cousins is a pretty good looking guy. No, 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 no. You know what? He's got he's got the Judd Zolgad <laughs> smile problem. Oh, it's kind of an awkward, Garoppolo yeah. naturally looks like he's always got it. Yeah, like he, Garoppolo is a guy who belongs in, in Vegas. At the Sands, 
cocktail in hand. I will say, though, Garoppolo, because he looks so confident, sometimes I think maybe we give him too much credit. Like, in moments of actual football crisis, he melts down sometimes. He, He tried to give that game away in the first half against the Vikings. And then they basically, Kyle Shanahan basically said, all right, you've tried to throw nine interceptions I've got in the first it. half. We're just going to hand off here, yeah. and the defense is going to win. So I've anyways. got these running backs. So uh, to go back to the the uh, digging I did on Garoppolo uh, and his 2019 season last year, the only uh, quarterback in the league to rank among the top five in the following categories, okay? Passing touchdowns, completion percentage, yards per attempt, and he had the fourth most passing yards in, in uh, San Francisco 49ers franchise history, uh, 3,978. He is, again, to give the age, he's 28. Kirk Cousins is th- 31. In human years, that's not a big difference in age. In quarterback years, though, that it screams to me that Garoppolo, as he continues to mature, is going to turn a corner, and he already has started to turn that. Uh, both are signed through 2022 if you do want to get into the contracts. Uh, long story short, I am going to go Garoppolo here. I, I like Jimmy G. I think there's maybe a little bit something more to his game. Um, he definitely played pretty well in Kyle Shanahan's system, um, but he also has tendencies that I don't think are great to have at starting quarterback. You try to give those games away like we saw in the playoffs last year. And even though Kirk Cousins can melt down sometimes when the pressure is there, I don't think he's going to give games away where Garoppolo had opportunities where he straight up gave gave games away. So I, I'm, I'm taking Kirk Cousins, but Jimmy G, if he takes that next step and says he, so he can do it again, I might be able to change my mind in a year from now. If you just go statistically, if we just let's just do a statistical breakdown of these quarterbacks, it's actually pretty close. They're both sort of that. I, I, I'm going to go Kirk Cousins here, just to just to throw it out there. And but I'm not super confident in this one. Uh, but if you if you go off some of the statistics, let's start with quarterback wins and losses. And I know that some people put more stock in that than others. I think it's probably a little bit overrated in that it helps if your defense is great. Obviously, like Aaron Rodgers has not had the defenses of Tom Brady throughout his career. Therefore, Tom Brady has a better win loss record, etc. Uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo is 21 and five in his career as a starter mm-hmm. in the regular season. And that matters a little bit to me. It's, you know, it, yes. So like he's played for the new England Patriots. And so two of those wins came with new England. Um, but to go 19 and five with San Francisco. And I don't think San Francisco is really good, but I don't think San Francisco has the infrastructure of new England in its heyday, 2013, 14, 15, that win loss record gives me some pause to say, all right, there's a there's something there, like there's a winning DNA caliber there. You don't just find bad quarterbacks that go twenty one and five over the first few years of their career. So that's like that's the most like back of the football card basic statistic that I can that I can come up with. If you want to go into the analytics, Kirk Cousins last year was fourth according to Pro Football Focus. Jimmy Garoppolo is fifteenth. And so like Kirk Cousins more of a five hundred quarterback in his career, a little bit above five hundred uh, with the Vikings and and Jimmy Garoppolo is much better in the wins and losses, but Kirk Cousins much better in in terms of like overall measurement and analytics. You could go and say Jimmy Garoppolo had uh, more yards per attempt. Like there, you can kind of play the game back and forth statistically, but I'm going to say Kirk Cousins because Jimmy Garoppolo had a panic about him in some of those big games. That uh, but does that, that calm Cousins down now? Showed too, but does that calm down now? Because he he's got the experience of those big games. Maybe. That's my question. Is you could say that about Kirk too, though. Kirk has been in some bigger games now, so he has been. But the thing with Garoppolo at Garoppolo's age and where Garoppolo is at in his career arc, I'm banking on the fact that there is another corner to turn there. I might be wrong, yeah. but I think that there might be. My my yeah, other I, question. I'm not, not going to die on this hill. No. My other question about Kirk is this one: 
as good as the Kubiak offense seems to be for Kirk Cousins to run, what happens to Kirk Cousins if his guy, Kyle Shanahan, gets him in his offense? Like, is that is that the one step that we are never probably going to see now? Because... Like, like, what do you mean, Kirk having I'm Kyle saying, Shanahan back or what? Yeah, I'm saying if Kirk Cousins had gone to San Fran at some point in time, is that the one step? Because when I say that I think that we all know who Kirk is, I'm talking about in the current infrastructure. I think Kubiak and Kirk are good. I just don't know that there's a Super Bowl uh, around the corner there. But, Mike, one question, if Kirk never again plays uh, for Kyle, is if you put him into Garoppolo's shoes right now, does Kirk Cousins become that much better because because Kyle Shanahan clearly values and thinks that he can do something special, or he thought this about well, Kirk Cousins? Well, let, that's a good segue into the next tale of the tape here. So head coach, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Zimmer. Let me start this one off because I want to answer your question. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are regarded as the two brightest head coach offensive minds, the like the young guys in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. And if if you're giving me the choice right now between Mike Zimmer and Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins is my quarterback or anyone's my quarterback, I'm like Kyle. I'm going Kyle Shanahan in the tail of the tape because I just I find it so interesting in my life watching the Vikings like Dennis Green was definitely an offensive innovator in a lot of ways. But Dennis Green, by, by the time he was done, was was an older, you know, grizzled veteran coach who had been at Stanford and. Uh, Stanford, right? Denny Green coaches Stanford, yes. and then and then the Vikings. Yep. Mike Tice was kind of grizzled, you know, a tight end guy, and then Brad Childress was the old grizzled coach. There's something about like innovative young guy coach. We haven't really seen a lot of that in Minnesota. You could maybe say Kevin Stefanski as a coordinator. So I'm I'm fascinated by innovative young guy who could be your coach for 15 or 20 years if you hit on him, right? Sure. But here's the most amazing thing about Kyle Shanahan. Everywhere he's been as a coordinator or a head coach, outside of his his weird one year stop in Cleveland in 2014, he was the he was the Cleveland Browns offensive the, coordinator, the one night stand with the Browns, <laughs> which everybody in football seems to have. And then he pieced out, got to Atlanta. Every stop he's been as an offensive coordinator since 2010, so Washington, mm-hmm. Atlanta, and then San Francisco as a head coach. If you give him two or three years to set up his system and for the front office and the coaching staff to, to get their hands on the players and bring the right players in. It's an automatic top offense in the NFL, at least top five. So in Washington, he was the offensive coordinator for three years. In that third year, Washington was number four in points per game, number five in total yards. Atlanta, year number two, they go to a Super Bowl. They were number one in points per game offensively. And then last year, his third year as the head coach in San Francisco, they were number two in the NFL in points per game. Like that dude goes places and and turns these offenses into number one, number Until two, Super or at least Bowls. top five. And then he just melts down completely. Right. That's the thing he probably has to work on. But he's getting two Super Bowls, yeah. and he's clearly a master of of offense and molding quarterbacks, including Kirk Cousins in Washington to some extent. So uh, I'm going. I'm going Kyle Shanahan. Yo, coach here. Yeah, coach is simple. If you give me, if you flat out right now come to me and say, Judd, I'm going to to either give you Coach A, defensive mastermind. This guy is going to be good. Zim, really good. He's going to give you new concepts on defense, and he's going to be a, 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 you know, he can adjust, and the cornerbacks are going to develop. Or Dorby is offensive, young, guru type of guy. In today's league, it's simple. It's not hard. And it's not predicated or based on the person. 
It's based on what can that person bring? What does the league attempt to, uh, for, for the most part, during the course of every season, try and skew to offense, right? And plus, if you tell me, if you flat out say, and the bottom line is because this guy is considered an offensive mastermind, that he's going to be a guy who can develop a quarterback, you got me, right? Like if you say, I can develop you cornerbacks or I can develop you quarterbacks, you're going to be like, oh, you know, cornerbacks are important and that's nice, but give me the quarterback guy. So this is, to me, this is as simple, and and this is not even a dig at Zim. This is as simple as it gets in choices. Kyle Shanahan over the Zims of the world right now every day for me. I'm curious to see, though, like what happens if a younger type of defensive guru comes in. So someone who's like a Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay, but on the defensive side of the football. And how do we then look at that? Because obviously the offense is the sexy thing right now. And Mike Zimmer's an old grizzly guy. He's set in his ways. We get that. Kyle Shanahan's probably is the more logical coach. But what happens here, maybe even in in 20 or 21, that some young 35, 40-year-old guy who can shut down these offenses and then it it flips back. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. Obviously Kyle Shanahan's the more logical coach here. But it, it does intrigue me of what happens when a younger, defensive-minded coach can come in and shut down these young offenses. Coordinators can adjust, though. Like, if if you're flat-out talking about head coaches, I'm taking the offensive guy. Uh, but I will say this. If you ever had a head coach come in and come up with concepts, and let's just say say there's a flaw in the rules, right? So I found some flaws here, and I'm going to exploit them. The competition committee would sit down that March and come up with penalties for every one of those flaws. Just to make it so that Absolutely. the league that, is more fun to watch. That's what I'm saying. Ne- yeah. th- this league is never going to say, my God, wasn't that a great defensive but, year? But here's the other thing about like uh, being a, a, a Mike Zimmer defensive guru guy versus Kyle Shanahan offensive guru guy. Mm-hmm. As an offensive guru, your success is so heavily weighted and predicated on the molding of your quarterback because your quarterback is the most influential player really in all of sports. Like he touches the ball every single snap. Yep. He's throwing 30 passes. Like he is dictating the flow of the offense. If you've got a great quarterback and an average offensive line or an average set of receivers and an average running back, but you still have Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes, you're still going to win 10 or 11 games. You still have a chance to win a Super Bowl, right? On the defensive side, you don't have one player that is like 50% of everything you're doing defensively. Like the, if you have the quarterback right, you can kind of get away with averaging the positions. On defense, all right, we got a great pass rusher, but everything yes. else is average. Your defense sucks. <laughs> like your defense well, is going to be an average to defense. To your point, I, I would say that the Vikings right now, as currently constructed on defense, have two guys who if they were quarterbacks would be megastars, Smith and Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Like both of those guys are, if you put them at, if they were quarterbacks, they'd be on SI, they'd be a huge deal, and they're great players, but they can only impact the game so much. Right, like that's that's the hardest and part. And they're stars. If you're a Mike Zimmer, like nothing Declan said is wrong other than like, if you got your defensive coach and your offensive coach, yep. the defensive coach still needs like eight studs personnel-wise on defense to be the number one defense in the NFL. Not that offense doesn't also require great personnel, but if you've got the quarterback right, you can get away with less than blue chip personnel at the other spots. I think circa so. 2004, Declan's point is is a thousand percent right. Mm-hmm. Like I think at that point in time, you could do that. I just think this league has gone so far to the offensive side that they're going to be damned if they're going to let some hot uh, shot young kid defensive mind gum up 
what they what they uh, deem right or wrong to make their their cash off of, which is great offensive performances. All right, next category and tail the tape here. Total offense. Who do you trust? We may have just answered that question. Who do you trust total offense in 2020, San Francisco or Minnesota? I'm going San Francisco. It's we we saw it. The offensive line is is dominant. They're Espe- really especially good. run blocking. Yeah, they've yeah. got they've got. They, it seems like because of that. To your point, Phil, that they can plug guys in uh, at back there and, and have success. Garoppolo might not be great, but he's certainly good. You've got Kittle at tight end, which which while the Vikings, I think at tight end, are pretty good. Uh, Kittle's the best player or a top five player in the league at that position. Yeah, yeah if you're gonna Hand me an offense uh, for 2020, and it's going to be the Vikings with Cousins, Dalvin Cook, blah, 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 or San Francisco. I'm taking San Francisco. I mean, yeah, just look what San Francisco was able to do with all their playmakers. I mean, they were able to spread out the wealth on their running back side. It was a running back by committee. They had wide receivers who weren't household names but were still very explosive in the playmaking. Um, I, I like the quarterback more here in Minnesota and Kirk Cousins over Jimmy Garoppolo, but if it's just infrastructure, I mean, it, it's San Francisco eight days a week. I, I'd be taking their offense all the time. Yeah, I mean, you get the mastermind coach. The quarterback is kind of a coin flip. Like, honestly, I've probably changed my Garoppolo Cousins answer five times in the last year and a half. Like, it's just they're kind of it's kind of a coin flip. Um, and then the offensive line, I'm taking San Francisco. So if I get mastermind scheme, quarterbacks are kind of a coin flip. Now that Stefan Diggs is no longer part of the Vikings offense, I think you could make a case maybe before that the Vikings had better skill position weapons, but now without Stefan Diggs and the fact that George Kittle has emerged as one of the best tight ends in the NFL, the answer has to be San Francisco here. So that brings us to total defense. Tail of the tape, Vikings or 49ers, Judd Zolgad. All right. This is, at, at first blush, you're probably going to say Vikings, right? Because it's Zim's defense. Shanahan, excuse me, is an offensive guy, blah, blah, blah. All right. But the more I looked at, at this, so, San Fran lost DeForest Buckner, but they drafted a defensive tackle, uh, Javon Kinlaw, in the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay, their first or their defensive line, excuse me, also includes first round picks Eric Armstead, ten sacks in 2019, D Ford, six and a half sacks, Nick Bosa, nine sacks. Their linebacking core is solid. They they gave up the fewest passing yards since two since the 2009 Jets last year. Sherman is 32, but he's still good and, and appears to not be slowing down as much as we thought he was at one point a few years back. Long story short, at first I think you say Vikings. If you examine it and come back to a very important fact, which is the Vikings cornerbacks right now going into 2020 is a complete unknown. If you're giving me this for the coming season, I'm actually going to take San Fran based on, on what I just gave you guys. Dex? Uh, it's pretty close. Uh, I mean, yet I feel like you have to give the nod to the NFC champion and a team that was arguably going to win the Super Bowl late in the fourth quarter last year before things melted down. Um, but uh, I, I do think a Super Bowl hangover is coming. And, and if and if there's one of those two teams, the Chiefs or the Niners, who's going to have a hangover, I do think it's San Francisco that falls down to earth a little bit. That being said, though, if we're looking at the offense that is that is more sexier in 2020, Garoppolo could still take a next step. I, I still think even if their offense takes a step back, it's still going to be a top 10 in, in the league. So right now, it, it's still San Francisco, but I, I think there is more regression coming on San Francisco that we're, that we're not talking about, too. So, again, like defense... It, it depends so much on who's coming back and and can you get 11 guys to all be on the same page? Some of it depends on your schedule. I mean, San Francisco 
is going to have a much tougher schedule this year than they did last year just because of how good they were. So that's worth noting, too. But the number one thing I would point to, actually two things. Number one, the the, uh, the, the Niners were number one last year in yards per play allowed, the lowest yards per play allowed number yes. in the NFL. Judd referenced the passing yards per game, which was historically low last year. They allowed 169.2 passing yards per game in 2020 NFL. That's ridiculous, all right? Opposing quarterbacks last year had a, let's see, an 83.0 passer rating against San Francisco. That's only slightly better than Christian Ponder's career passer rating (laughs) as the Vikings quarterback. So they basically render opposing quarterbacks Christian Ponder 1 through 16. We we saw that in the playoff game. Yes, and Kirk Cousins morphed into Christian Ponder (laughs) as well. he did. So right now, I think I almost think it's the Vikings' job to... There's not many defenses I would take over the Vikings right now. But I think it's the Vikings' job to sort of come back this year and show that they can be better again and become a top-three defense. San Francisco already showed that last year. And with that, I think the nod goes to San Francisco. So total team, are we all agreeing right now, San, San Francisco oh, yeah. over I the Vikings? So. I, I mean, so. unless the Vikings you know, prove otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco's win over the Vikings in the playoff game, to me, was one of the biggest ass-kickings I've seen applied to the Vikings in a long time. And I don't mean scoreboard ass-kicking. I mean a physical, you got your butt whipped in every category, basically. And you got... It, it was it was like the Vikings sent their, their fourth-grade team at, at recess out to play the eighth-grade San Francisco team. And the eighth-grade San Francisco team is like, okay, we'll destroy you. Because, I mean, you think about the physical domination that the Niners applied to the Vikings in that game? And, like, was there any part of that game where you said, yeah, but, you know, that part wasn't bad? Up you know, front, it was... What's, what's amazing, because I, as I recall that game, I just remember thinking, like, in my head, the Vikings just got smoked right from the get-go. They were actually only down. Like, physically, they got dominated. Yardage-wise, they got dominated. Right. Because Jimmy Garoppolo tried to give that game away four different times in the first half. The Vikings only trailed 14-10 to 10 at halftime. And it took until the four-minute mark of the third quarter until they finally fell behind by two scores, mm-hmm. and then the game was basically over. Yeah, I mean, but the, the, but the thing that stood out, I think, to all of us about that game was that fact. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't feel like that ever because the Vikings were so thoroughly physically dominated that you never thought, man, this game's close. I think the only time when I thought this could get intriguing was when Diggs got the touchdown pass from Kirk. But beyond that, after that, I just thought they're getting smoked physically so bad that they're just going to get worn down and beat. I never felt like that game was nearly as close as you just described. One more look at the numbers of that game here. God, I can't believe I'm doing this. So San Francisco, if you would have said, let's just look at the passing numbers, all right? San Francisco, going into the game, if I would have told you and only told you that San Francisco was going to go 11 for 19 in the air with 131 yards, a touchdown and interception. So Garoppolo is going to go 11 for 19, 131, a touchdown and interception. What's going to happen in this game? Once you have said, why? I mean, Vikings win. It's for sure a close game. Close. Vikings win. Right. And then you look at the rushing numbers. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota rushed 10 times for 21 yards in that game and yep. then just abandoned the running game. San Francisco, 47 rushes for 186 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. So if Just I, cramming it down so their throats. If I had just shown both of you guys the blind box score of two things, Garoppolo's passing and the Vikings' uh, run game that day, I show you nothing else. Who do you say wins? 
So Vikings can't run because the Vikings the Vikings need to run, but those passing stats for Garoppolo are off the charts. Not good. I would have probably said Vikings win a close game. Yeah. Like that, that that Kirk Cousins they would have found some some path through like a short passing game yep. or you know Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs both catch ten passes for a hundred yards or something or like ten passes for eighty yards and it's just kind of a dink and dunk win for the Vikings. I wouldn't have said they get beat by a twenty seven to ten margin and get their asses and kicked physically like down. So, so until they prove a, oh, one more fun stat here from this game, just to flush it all, just this is an exorcism, okay? Till next time you call up the box score. Time of possession in that game, 38 and a half minutes for the Niners, 21 minutes for the Vikings. The Niners just had the ball the entire afternoon. So until the Vikings prove otherwise, tail of the tape leans toward San Francisco going into 2020. And that's a wrap on this episode AFC of Purple teams, Daily. Mackie, we got to move on. Are there any other NFC teams that we haven't touched on? There's got to be a couple. Do we do Seattle? Have we didn't done Tampa Bay yet, have we? I was, I was yes. about to ask Tampa. I, I, Tampa thought we did, I thought we did Tampa Bay with Courtney. Oh, we did. Yeah, you're right. We, we did. did Tampa I feel like we haven't done Russell Wilson and We've the Seahawks. Done Packers, Bears, Lions, Saints, Cowboys, Bucks, Niners. So we need to do Seattle. Well, Eagles? And the, the Eagles in there. Do okay. Eagles, yeah. Fly, Eagles, Eagles fly. And uh, there's probably a couple other teams we're missing, but... Yeah, damn straight. The Ravens, Patriots. Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> With Matt Moore back at quarterback, <laughs> yeah. kick his yeah, butt that, this time. That worked out well last year. All right, thanks for hanging out with us on Purple Daily. We'll see you next time. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.